0: Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Go to the Gospel of Luke, a New Testament book. If you're new to the Bible like so many of us are, uh, the Bible being broken up into two sections, the Old Testament, the New Testament, or the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. As you make your way to the New Testament, the first book is going to be Matthew. You're going to find Mark. You're going to find Luke. And some of you are waiting on me because you have the digital format and you're already there. And uh, we're going to talk today, uh, as we continue our series, Selah, we're going to talk today about choosing the better part, choosing the better thing. Uh, Here at Canvas Church, uh, we've been in a season of pausing, listening, and refreshing. Uh, we're, We're calling it a Selah moment. And I know some of you are like, what do you mean by Selah? What is Selah? Uh, there's a word in, uh, in the Bible, p- predominantly in the Psalms, and the Psalms were written in a way to be sung, and there's this word Selah in there. And uh, although it's up for debate on what the word fully means, the most accepted common meaning of that word Selah is that uh, the Psalms, because they're written in such a way that they'd be sung, as they were singing this Psalm, this word Selah would be in there uh, so that it would uh, be a mental note for those singing to stop for a moment. Take a breath, just pause, take a breath, and then get ready to sing the next, the next line. And here at Canvas Church, we just felt like God said, push the pause button. Uh, there's so many incredible things happening right now in your community, in your church. Just push the pause button and just listen to what God's doing. Refresh and enjoy the moment. And yes, there's going to be another, so get ready for it. And so here we are. It's more than a series. It's really a moment at our church. And so uh, we've been pushing the pause button so we can truly engage in the moment and enjoy and see what God is doing around us right now. And so here's my challenge to all of us as we go into today's message. Um, what areas of your life is God asking you to push the pause button on? What areas of your life? Don't let this just be a message. Don't let this just be something that we, we, we talk about on Sundays. But I want to challenge you, church. Is there some areas in your life that God is saying, hey, pause, pause, pause? I want you just to see what I'm doing. And so I want you to do that as we go into Luke chapter ten, and we uh, and we talk about this this Selah moment we see here in Scripture. Luke chapter ten, going to start in verse thirty eight. And just to set it up, what's happening right now is Jesus has has been on uh, his itinerant ministry. And what he's done is he's surrounded himself with seventy something disciples, and and uh, he now sends them out, and as he sends them out, he sends them, and they are to go into the cities he himself is about to visit. So Jesus is going to go visit a city, and uh, he sends them. He says, hey, go prepare the city. Go get them ready. Tell them I'm coming so when I'm there, we have an audience, and I can, I can share the good news about myself, right? Um, this was before the days of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and so this was their, their modern-day style of getting the message out, right? So they would go before him, and then Jesus would show up on the scene, and, and he would then minister there. Um, so now he's traveling, and he comes to this particular place in verse 38. And it says, while they were traveling, that's Jesus and his disciples, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him to her house. Notice who welcomed him. It's Martha. Notice whose house it is. It's Martha's home. And she had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. All right, you got the picture? Martha's house, Jesus come on in, Mary's living there, we don't know if Mary's like leeching off of Martha, or if she was invited in, or if they shared the mortgage, we don't know, okay, but it's clearly Martha's house, and Mary's living there with Martha, and Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet listening, but, verse verse 40, but Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. And the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, Martha. come. How many of you guys grew up in the Brady Bunch days? Right? You are worried and upset about many things. The actual uh, literal translation is you, have, you, are, you are concerned about so many cares. You have so many cares on you. You're worried about many things. But listen to it now because Jesus doesn't say this often in Scripture. But one thing is necessary. One thing. Mary has made the right choice. One thing. And Mary's made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. I want to talk to you about making the right choice. God, we thank you so much, God, for your word. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments we have together, um, that, that, God, you would just help us gather around your word, and that we would learn from your word, God, that all the stories, analogies, and thoughts would point to one thing, and that's you, Jesus that you would be glorified, and we would say law in this moment. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I made, a, I made a confession in the first service, so I think it's only fair that I make that confession here as well, even though my wife is not sitting on the front row, uh, to make sure it's okay that I do that. Um, but me and my wife, I have a confession. We have a problem. We do. Um, and our problem is probably very similar to some of your problems, but here is our problem. And uh, about once every two uh, months, we we have a house cleaner come in to clean our house. anybody else do that? No? None of you? Try it. It's great. You're like, that's what kids are for, right? Not my kids. They make the messes. All right. And, uh, And so every two months, we'll bring a house cleaner in, and that's not the problem. That's the good thing. We like bringing the house cleaner in. The problem is, is every time we bring the house cleaner in, we find ourselves about 24 hours or 20 minutes before she shows up frantically running around the house cleaning it. Okay, now I'm talking to some people. You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't know what the problem is. It's like we hired somebody. We invited her to come to our house. We're actually paying her to come to our house to clean up after our mess. But for some reason, before she comes over, I feel the need to run through the whole house cleaning it myself, right? Yes, I know. We probably need counseling of some sort. But this is our problem. And, I mean, we've talked about it. We've actually sat and said, babe, I think there's something broken us. She's like, what? And I was like, we are cleaning the house cleaner for our house to clean. We're cleaning our house. Not cleaning our house cleaner. We're cleaning our house. Because that would be a completely different problem that we need counseling for. <laughs> All right, you guys can go home now. Church is over. All right. I promise you, talk to my wife. She's working in children's. We do not clean the house cleaner. Okay? We don't. We really don't Jesus is my witness too we have a problem clearly and I just don't know what to do about it huh. we have a problem we invite her in and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because we want her to think that we're cleaner than we really are right like obviously she knows we're not clean we're paying here to come do it right like I mean it's like you don't have to clean your house I know you're not clean that's why you're paying somebody else to clean up your mess but we do it anyway. And we've sat and we've talked about it. No matter what happens, we continue to do this thing. And I think it probably is a little bit like, I just don't want her to think we're that messy. Like, we're not complete slobs. Um, we're just minor ones, right? Um, or maybe it's, you know, like, we, we, want, we want her to think more of us. Whatever the reason is, we find ourselves doing it. Here in Luke chapter 10, we find a woman that has a similar issue. She has taken the time, Martha, to invite Jesus into her house. It's her house. It's not Mary's. It's her house. And she has taken the time to open up her doors and say, Jesus, come in. And when Jesus comes in, something is literally off with her because she doesn't take the time to do what Mary's doing. And we know by the time we get to the end of the portion of scripture, it was the right choice to sit because here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus shows up, when the presence of God shows up, it is not time to be frantic and running around and working. It is time to push the pause button and rest in him. See, some of us forgot about this when we first came to Jesus. Maybe a lot of us forgot about this because, because we, we, we invite Jesus into our life and the reason we say yes to Jesus is because we've tried it ourselves right? We, we, we've worked through all the scenarios. We've done this, we've done that, we've tried it all, but none of that works. Matter of fact, the Bible says that all of that stuff we do, it is like a leaf that withers or fades. It does nothing for us. And so the reason that we said yes to Jesus in the first place is because we can't fix the problems we have. Only he can fix it. But somewhere, at some point, I feel like in our spiritual journey, after we've invited Jesus into our life, we feel the need that, okay, Jesus is here, That now I've got to perform, I've got to do something, I've got to work to make sure that Jesus stays here. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the ultimate house cleaner. Jesus is the ultimate life cleaner. You do not need to say, Jesus, come on in, and then frantically run around trying to fix your life so that Jesus will stay. Jesus did it at the cross 2,000 years ago, and if he did it then, he can still do it today. You Don't, don't be like us and invite the house cleaner in only to clean your own house. Huh. Listen, when you say yes to Jesus and Jesus comes into your life, it's not, it's not time for you to get busy and to work and like, like okay, i got to do so much. I've got to clean this area up and i got to do this thing. And i got to do, hey, Jesus, yeah, all right, do you approve of me now? No, no, Jesus approves. Jesus loves you whether you've said yes to him or whether you haven't said yes to him. You are his child whether you are serving him, whether you're a part of the kingdom or whether you're not, you're still his. His love never changes. His love never changes. But yet Martha is off somewhere. Jesus calls it out. And now obviously we don't know the full context of Mary and Martha's relationship. They're sisters. So how many of you guys have siblings? Yeah. How many of you guys have children? Yeah. And you've seen them interact. Just imagine, right? This is Martha's house. She invited Jesus in. And Mary is doing Nothing. I mean, she eats my food, she sleeps under my roof, and now she sits at my guest's feet. The audacity of Mary. She's frustrated. But yet the Bible eventually tells us that Mary chose the better. Mary made the right choice. Martha, why are you so worried, concerned, and troubled? By all of these cares, doesn't First Peter five seven tell us to cast all our cares on Him? For He cares for us. So here is here's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, and she doesn't have a care in the world. You know why? Because she just unloaded it all on Jesus. And here's Martha, running around, and she gets ticked off at her sister, and apparently a little bit at Jesus. Let me just give you a couple of things I see in this passage that as we're in this moment of of, of Selah, because listen to me, hear this, when the presence of God shows up, and in this passage, when Jesus shows up, when Jesus is entered into the room, it is not time for you to be busy. It is time for you to push the pause button and be in his presence. And I believe that's the season we're in as a church. I believe that's the season, if you're not there yet, that, that God wants to take you to, that you would just be in his presence. Let me just give you a couple of things here. When we say La, this is what I gathered from this passage. When we say La, number one, when we push the pause button, when we say La, we focus on worship rather than works. We focus on worship rather than works. Clearly, Mary was able to push the pause button. And what is she focused on? She's focused on Jesus, she's focused on worship. She's just sitting there listening to him speak, the Bible says. That's a good place to be. Jesus is just speaking to her. But on the flip side of that, when we don't say law, what happens? We enter into works just like Martha does. And here she is, and she's so consumed, and she's so focused, and she's running around frantic. And Martha finds herself busy. Now, 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 now we don't know uh, what's going on fully in her heart we don't know why she's doing this. I mean, here's the thing. I've had guests over before that I don't know very well. Anybody ever had somebody over like for the first time and it's kind of awkward? I guess I'm the only one. All right. You guys need to be more friendly and invite people over apparently. All right. And it's a little bit awkward. Like you don't really fully know what to talk about. And so what do you find yourself doing? You find yourself just preparing the meal. Oh, yeah, 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 it's great. Yeah. It's like how long does it take to mix up a salad come on somebody right so we don't know if, if maybe there's stuff going on in her life and in her heart and she's like man if I if I go over there then my heart's going to be open and Jesus is going to see it we don't know or maybe it's the opposite side of that maybe maybe Martha has slipped into what our culture does today which is ambition and this search for approval right and so she's like Jesus is in my house I'm going to impress him right because let's be honest, in our culture today, we are addicted to approval. Even those of you that don't think you're addicted to approval, I just ticked you off. You're like, I'm not addicted to approval. Don't say that about me. Well, you needed my approval in that moment. You're addicted. <laughs> or ambition. We're driven by ambition. I've got to accomplish more. I've got to prove myself. I've got to be a standout. I've got to be a somebody. And we want someone to notice us. It is in our culture, Right? That's why, that's why people, you know, like when you're, when you're cruising through your Instagram or your Facebook, we all know by now, we all know that that picture is not the first one they took of their burger. Let's push this shit a little different. Oh, the lighting's all wrong. Right? And by the time they actually get to their burger, it's cold. Come on, somebody. Right? But they got a great picture of it on Instagram. Everyone's going to like it. Check out my burger. Right? Is somebody with me this morning? Yeah. yeah. Now, I just found out. I just found this out. I was taking young people home from the youth night because, come on, I helped build every department in the church. And so I'm driving people to the youth night. I'm taking people back to the youth night. Matter of fact, I was there at 8 o'clock in the morning. I set up for the youth night. Come on, somebody. See what I did there? I need your approval. Come on, somebody. Right? But I was driving young people home. And as I was driving them home, they're talking about Instagram. And all of a sudden, one was like, yeah, I got a theme for mine. I'm like, a what? A theme? Like, that's a thing. Are you with me? Like, themes are a thing for their Instagrams. And I'm like, what do you mean you got a theme? Well, I only post things in this color and this guy. I can't remember what the colors were. I was like, so like you, like, you will not, like, if you're wearing a different colored outfit and you take a picture and it's really great, you won't post it? Oh, no, no, we got filters for that. I can change the color of my outfit. Oh, yeah, it's a thing, right? I'm just like, what the heck? Why? Why do we do that? Because we want people to approve. Right? Here's the tragedy of that in our culture. See, see where, where the church is supposed to be counterculture, we, we've become sucked into the culture. And I'm, Now, listen to me. I'm not talking about what we do here. I'm talking about in our relationship with God. So because our culture is so sucked into approval and ambition All of a sudden now in our relationship with God, we think that we have to do something to get his approval. That we have to do something to get noticed by him. And we don't have to do a thing. But yet we find ourselves trying to impress God. Somebody with me this morning. You don't have to impress God. Remember remember the things that we do to try to impress God? He kind of is just like, oh, it's so cute. Oh, that's great. It's like, it's like the way that I look at, like when my, my, my child was three and she drew me a picture. And I learned to ask, tell me about your picture. Because we don't want to psychologically ruin the child and say, what's that, right? <laughs> what do you mean? That? That's me and you at the beach, Dad. Oh, I knew that. All right. Tell me about your picture. And we put it on the fridge. and We're like, somebody comes over. It's like, what's that? I have no idea. me. I think she said something about me and her at the beach, but I ain't that big. <laughs> right? That's the way Jesus looks sometimes. He's like, oh, you're, you're so cute. I'll put it on the fridge. Don't know what it is. Don't know what you're trying to do. Could you just push the pause button and be in my presence? And stop trying to do something for me. Just be with me. See, when we say law, we, we end up in worship. When we don't say law, we end up in works. And if I'm going to be completely vulnerable and transparent, like I always am, as your pastor, I probably, I probably struggle with this the most. Right? Like, I, I struggle being, like, like worship-focused rather than works-focused. Like, I, I should probably not bring my phone with me to church anymore. Not because I'm getting text messages, but there's this little, there's this little app called Notes. And sometimes I pull it up and I'm like, why is the music that loud? Why is the fog machine not working? Why are those people walking in late? Don't they know how awesome our worship is? Explanation, 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 right? Right? See, a lot of people think that pastors sit up front um, because they're, they're, they that's where the pastor belongs. Or some people are like, oh, yeah, Pastor, we know you want to sit up front because you're going to worship and you're going to help set the pace in worship. Not that's, that's not why I'm doing it. The reason I'm sitting up front is because if I sit in the back, I'll be twitching like, what's going on with our church right now? Because sometimes I'm so workspace, right? I'm just like, what's going on? Why are they pushing that button on the computer? Don't push that one. Why are the words not up right now? Where's the sound guy? You can't leave to use the restroom. You're running sound. That's why we sit up front. I'm just trying to get into the presence of God. But really, I'm like, oh, God, I know things are happening back there right now. If I could see him, I'd be a wreck. Jesus, help. Why am I so worried and consumed? Push the pause button. La. Worship him. Are you with me this morning, church? I needed that approval. Thank you. Number two, uh, when we, when we law, listen to this one, we become... Christ-like rather than critical we become Christ-like rather than critical I mean isn't that the whole point like isn't that why we come to church hopefully right is to learn about Jesus and his grace that's sufficient for us man and that he's got an incredible life and vision and plan for us and isn't that why we come isn't that why we read our Bibles is is so that we know how to live a Christ-centered life Isn't that why we spend time in prayer? I mean, the whole goal is to become more like Jesus, to be Christ-centered. And yeah, we're going to fail time and time again, but even in failing, man, we get to go back and his grace lifts us up. Man, it's incredible. But listen to me, If if we fail to push the pause button and say la when Jesus comes into the room, how do you expect to look more like him? What happens, here's what happens when you don't push the pause button and you're not spending time with Jesus, what happens is, is you think it's all about you and all about your activity and all about your works and all about that. And so what happens is, is you're running around frantic like Martha and you're doing all this stuff only to get a critical attitude towards the one that's sitting at Jesus' feet. Oh, that was tweetable right there. I'll be looking later. Are you with me? We think it's all about us. no, not a, Now, I know coming in, we don't think that. But if we don't push the pause button, man, in these moments where we're in church and we're worshiping, what is on your mind? Can you push the pause button? Because the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in His name, He's there. Just by simply showing up to church, He's here. His presence is here. Can we push the pause button and just, and just get into Him? and look more like him? Because if not, we run the risk of being critical. Look at what Martha does. Martha becomes critical of Mary. She is upset. She is doing her thing. And this is what we're supposed to be doing. I invited Jesus in, and now look. And she looks at Mary sitting there, and she's like, what the heck? What is wrong with you? First you eat my food, you stay in my house. Now you do nothing. Nothing. This is not the way this is supposed to work, and she becomes critical of what Mary's doing. And here's something I've realized: maybe it's in my own life, maybe it exists in the church world. I don't know, but oftentimes it's not even about what's happening out there, and people don't know Jesus yet. But so oftentimes, even in church, we become critical of other people and what they're doing. I May mean, you see this across denominational barriers. We're a little more on the charismatic side. What does that mean? I don't know. I guess it was our worship and our fog machine. makes us charismatic. It's cool, right? Awesome. You know, and some people are like, well, you know, Pastor, I just like the real word-based stuff. And I'm like, I read word today. Some people are like, well, I like, you know, this, and I like that. And it's like, okay. That's, that's, that's preference. That's not right or wrong or biblical. That's just preference. But sometimes what happens is, is we get critical because too often times we gift project. Anyone know what that is? That's like, like somebody is like, I am all about children and children. That is really because the Bible said, you know, Jesus said, gather all, do not forbid all the children to come unto me. So if you're really going to be like Jesus, you got to work in the children's ministry. If everybody was working in the children's ministry, we wouldn't have had the great worship we had this morning. If everybody's like, like, when you have anybody sitting here, you'd all be in the children's ministry. And I'd be like, all right, children, just make sure you take up an offering. All right. i I'll be watching the 10 o'clock football game. Come on, somebody. And we think everybody's got to be doing that because this is what I do, and this is the right thing to do. What are you doing over there doing worship? What is wrong with you? Just trying to be a rock star. All right? <laughs> I love picking on the worship team. Martha is ticked. She's ticked, and she's going to let somebody know about it. She becomes critical. <laughs> she becomes critical. We've, we've probably all seen this if we've, we have children or maybe siblings. I remember doing this when I grow up, but I see it in my own kids. It's like, we'll give them an assignment to do. One of you load, unload the dishwasher. One of you load the dishwasher. And then, like, 20 minutes goes by, and the dishwasher's not loaded, and the other one's like, oh, my gosh, I unloaded the dishwasher. Why didn't they load it? What's it matter? Your job was to unload the dishwasher. Yeah, but I did my part. They didn't do theirs. Okay. So? Well, aren't you going to tell them to do it? Maybe. But we do that in church sometimes. We get critical of one another rather than Christ. Christ Christ-like. Are you getting something out of this this morning? Come on. But when we choose to push the pause button, we choose to say la, we become Christ-like rather than critical. And, and as I sh- said, shared earlier as we were doing worship, now, you don't know the person's story. You don't know what they're walking through. You don't know what they've come out of. We, we, just, we just focus on it. Here's my honest belief. If we are focused on Jesus, it is super hard to be critical of other people. Because you know what? Jesus always addresses the heart. You can't know the heart. So just stay focused on Jesus and realize that person you want to continue to be critical of is a son and daughter of the king just like you. And lastly, number three, when we say law, we depend on him rather than demand of him. When we say law, we depend on him rather than demand of him. I mean, this thing hits a climax. I mean, Martha's running around doing stuff. Mary's just chilling at Jesus' feet, just listening to the words of Jesus. And Martha's running all over doing stuff, and all of a sudden she looks, and she gets so mad. She gets so angry that not only does she come over and be critical of Mary, she comes over and she's like, Jesus, don't you see that I'm doing all this and she's doing nothing? she takes it a step further. She's not just critical. She then looks at Jesus and says, do something about it. Did you read your Bible? Don't you care? Tell her to get up and to help me. Jesus, son of the most high God, savior of the world, I don't know what kind of lines she just crossed right there, but I'm pretty sure they aren't good ones. She is now demanding because she hasn't chose to push the pause button. She's like, Jesus, this is what you're going to do right now. How many of us have a prayer life like that? Oh, we got quiet. I need to like have a fake mic, because if I drop this one, the finance department would hate me. We just have like a secret fake mic. I mean, she's she's crossed all sorts of lines, and Jesus doesn't even answer it. Jesus just looks at her like, "Oh, you cute little thing." <laughs> I, I still remember. I remember one time, and we've had, you know, fun conversations in our household, like I'm sure you do. I remember one time, we're at dinner, and all of a sudden I got, Dad, pass me the salt. And I said, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) I'll pass you, you line up over there, I'll pass you the salt, all right. Pass you the pepper shaker, too. Right? I, I, I was literally like, I look, I said, what? I want some salt in my food. Give me the salt. I was like, no, you didn't. right. I'm like, let's just break this down for a minute. That's not like, you don't even treat humanity like that, let alone your dad. Are you with me? Like, you don't just go to people like, I'm your dad. And I sat there, what seemed like an eternity I'm sure her food was getting cold, but I was like. I remembered all the way back to when she was three. And her little psyche. I said, I've got to handle this right. So I said, let's try that a different way. Pause for a moment. Saw the look on her face like it started to register. Dad, can I please have the salt? Yes. Thank you for finally coming to your senses and acting like your dad and not your mom. Oh, I forgot she wasn't in the service. I can't do that when she's not here. She, she looks at Jesus. Yo, Jesus. You see what I'm doing over here? He's like, yeah, I saw it. Can, can you tell my sister to get up? Go on, you tell her. Help me. And Jesus is like, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. You are so consumed with so many cares. Listen to it now. Listen now. But your sister, oh, the jab. Like when your one child comes, it's like, I did my part. They didn't do theirs. And you're like, well, actually, your sister, she's chosen right thing and the story ends church what about us where are we at in our walk with jesus where are we at in our relationship with him where are we at as a church? Listen to me, church. I feel it so strongly. We are in a season of Selah. We are in a season where God's presence is on our church like never before. We had 71st time visitors walk through the doors in October. That is not because our, our marketing is so great. That's not because our word of mouth is so grand. That's because God's handprint is on our church right now. He's doing something special. And if we don't push the pause button and, and focus on him, we're going to miss out on the incredible incredible thing he's doing. It is not a time when God's presence shows up. It is not a time to be super active and super busy. It is a time for us to hold on a second, push the pause button. I want to hear Jesus what you have to say. I want to know what you are doing, church. Can we choose the right thing together? Can we choose the right moment? Listen to me. It was a choice. Listen to what Jesus says. Mary chose the right thing. In other words, you have the ability to choose in your pause moment what you are going to do. You can choose to continue to be active, or you can choose to say, God, I am right here, and I want nothing from you. I just want to be in your presence. I have many plans in my heart, but nevertheless, God, I want your plans to prevail in my life. So in this moment, God, show me, teach me, direct me, lead me, and take me to the great place that you have for me. Lord, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, your word is absolutely amazing. Do me a favor, church. You just stand to your feet right where you're at. God, we thank you, Lord God, for for your word. That we 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 can push the pause button just like Mary did. Or we continue to try to get your approval. Try to win over your acceptance. But Jesus, we thank you this morning. And I believe as a church, we're going to choose the right thing. We're going to choose the right thing. God, we're engaging in conversation with one another. We're just going to choose the right thing. God, what are you doing in this moment? It's about you. Your kingdom come. God, your will be done. Let us learn to say "law" in the journey. Let us learn to pause in the journey. Let us learn to sit at your feet. For it is the, the best part. It is the right part. Because it's there, as we sit at your feet, that we learn, that we grow, that we become Christ-like, that we can focus in worship, and that we don't get critical of others. So as we continue to move forward as a church, as we continue to grow, God, we choose the right thing. We choose the best part. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.CanvasChurchSD.com.